JR Takes, as always, Jonah Hoffman and Ryan Rogers bringing all the Seattle sports talk to you live. And uh, following the loss against the uh, the Patriots, (laughs) the Tom (laughs) Tom Brady's, the Tom Brady's, uh, the Buccaneers um, in in Germany, I actually, you know what, looking at that game and reflecting on it, if that's the worst Geno has played all season... Sign me up. If that's yeah. his floor, good God. It was the biggest, like, you know, shit show we've had team-wise since mm-hmm. probably the Falcons game. I would say that was the worst our team has looked overall. And we still had a chance to win that thing. If our defense could have just gotten one stop on the Buccaneers' final drive, I really had faith that Gino would have let us down and won the game mm-hmm. because he he seemed to find his groove in the second half. Um, it's a killer that he had that fumble because it was just such a dumb mistake like just get down don't try to be a hero i like that he owned it though in the press conference he He was like can't have that just that one's on me but you know move on the buccaneers you know i i did think they were really kind of an underachiever for most of the year especially on offense um but that aside, they they have a good defense. They have a really good defense, and they've been good all year. Well, they've got really good linebackers, <clears throat> and I I don't know if I said this on our previous episode, but I remember I did mention to you I kind of thought this game was a trap game. Mm. I thought that yeah, we should be the favorites, but I understand why we're not because we're still a young team. We're still figuring things out. They all won a Super Bowl together. Yeah. Or not all of them, but most most of the core guys a that lot are of that still team. there yeah. won the big game together. So uh, I'm not exactly surprised that we went into Germany and kind of looked flat to start out. That was the main thing is it just it started off so <laughs> poorly, um, especially on offense, that run game. I mean, we, we basically abandoned it in the second half. I mm-hmm. mean, we we tried and tried and tried and Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he danced around a little bit more than I would have liked on some of those plays. And it seemed like the field was really giving them some issues, but the line could not make any holes for them. They they got physically dominated up front uh, by the Tampa Bay front seven. And it reminded me of the San Francisco game because the same kind of thing happened. But with all that said, um, you know, I think if we get off to just a little bit better of a start, maybe go for a field goal when we got down to the 49 and decided to punt for 27 yards of field position. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. But anyways, um, that would have made a big difference in the game if we could have came away with three. And I have enough confidence in Jason Myers to wear a 55 yarder. I'm like, yeah, he's going to make that. Like, um, that's just how he's been kicking this year last year different story yeah he seems to suck on the odd numbered years but on the even numbered years he does great yeah um but uh anywho you know with you, to your point we're still a young team and you know mistakes are gonna happen kobe bryant kind of got worked a bit in that game um i know i think we had a couple pre-snap penalties that were frustrating and you know just the kind of things that happen when you have a young team traveling to a time zone that's like nine hours difference mm-hmm. uh it's a literally i think a, like a four thousand mile trip or something like that maybe a, i'm a little off but it is within the thousands of miles that the seahawks had to fly compared to a shorter trip for the buccaneers it, it was what five thousand something miles 
Uh, yeah, I don't even remember. Like round trip, it was at least five thousand miles. Well, because sure. I was thinking, uh, I don't know what route they took. I heard that they went up and over. Yeah, when you go to Europe um, from Washington, you go through northern Canada and you actually go over Iceland and Greenland for a little oh, bit. Because you even go into France over the summer, that was the flight path we took. Because if you think about it, makes it, sense. I mean, yeah, going this way rather than this way. When you look at it on a map, it seems like. It doesn't make sense, but looking at it on a globe, you're like, oh, it's it's obvious. It's a shorter distance. Yeah. Um, but all those factors plus the Buccaneers had the best running game performance they've had all season against us. I had a feeling that was good. That's what I meant by trap game. I did not think that their run game would be as bad as it had been all year mm. going up against us. I just, I just think that they were... It was kind of an anomaly. Well, you know, I... Looking at... Um, some stuff I read about our uh, game plan and the personnel usage after watching. Because when I'm watching the game, I'm more emotionally invested than I am analytically invested because I'm a homer. But um, we did not activate uh, Brian Monet or LJ Collier for this game. We and activated my um, not Miles Garrett, huh, Miles Adams who's more athletic than those two guys. but Because they wanted to go with speed. And because they didn't think the Buccaneers were going to try to run the ball as much as we did. Mm -hmm. And so the consequences of that is we had Cody Barton on the field more often than we were using our uh, Hold on. big Hold dime package. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Consequences. Cody Barton picked off the goat. He did pick Say off the goat. Say what you want. I, I don't think Cody Barton had a bad game. Um, I'm just saying our defense has been substantially better all season this year when we have um because what, what we were doing basically was we were doing a two down lineman defense with four linebackers and that makes it a whole lot easier for teams to run on us because there's less weight on the field right essentially um so i think frankly tampa bay just threw us off coaching wise so there was a coaching advantage there was a travel advantage there was an execution advantage. They made some great catches. And Tom Brady had a couple throws that and the guy's 45 years old and it's annoying as hell to watch. But he had a couple crossing route throws that were just right where they needed to be. I mean, our guy was right there. It was great coverage, but it was just perfect. And then great catch on top of it. They executed well. Um, we still got two turnovers. and I was going to say, my favorite play of the game was that Tariq Woolen interception. Because <laughs> if you saw, I, I know you saw what I posted, but the Seahawks Instagram posted a, a still shot image of Tom Brady just pathetically <laughs> laying on the ground and Tariq Woolen like leaping up like yeah. what seemed like six feet in the air to catch Yeah, his, his ball. head is like at a basketball rim high. <laughs> that's uh, even though we lost the game, that's like and that's that the, was a win for me because yeah. our first year rookie did something to the best football player ever yeah and he's gonna remember that and he's gonna that's want going a to give him comp. of that play even though it, the play was so dumb like why are you having a running back throw to a 45 year old man well i think it's because i think most, it's because we there was that play earlier in the game where he just went on yeah well I, actually so in an interview after the game Tariq said that he purposely didn't guard tom brady on that first play to like put that into their head which is pretty pretty uh heads up of him to to do something like that what a bluff yeah but uh <clears throat> yeah uh that is that is kind of the beauty of this season is 
there were no expectations of this season. I'm not going into every game like, oh, we need to win this because we need to get back to the Super Bowl. It's just like, oh, let's see what we got today. And, you know, we didn't we we brought our C game effort and the Buccaneers brought just about their A game effort. And we still almost won. We still had a chance to win at the end of the game there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I know I, I know the game didn't revolve around Gino making and not making plays. Yeah, he had the fumble. But like I'm saying, like. If that's his floor, then we're not going to lose a whole lot more games this year. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, looking at the dynamic of the conference right now, there is a lot of teams in the middle of the pack that could, in theory, grab a wild card spot um, if we don't win the division. It's looking like the 49ers game is going to be basically for the NFC West title in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks here. On that Thursday night. Yes, uh, but that's getting ahead of the game a little bit. Um, the Commanders, the Giants, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Packers look like they're not quite dead yet. Those are the five teams um, besides us that I would say are potentially fighting for three wild card slots. Yeah, don't sleep on Green Bay. I was not surprised that they beat Dallas. Well, and Christian Watson finally looked like the guy he was supposed to be. There's a reason why I drafted him in our fantasy league. Yeah, you said he had three touchdowns? Three touchdowns, 100 yards. It's about time he steps up. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, those that's kind of how the NFC is looking this year outside the obvious division winners like, you know, the Eagles and the, the Vikings, who, by the way, had one of the craziest games I've ever seen against wild. Buffalo this yeah. weekend. Absolutely <clears throat> bonkers. I still don't believe in them. I don't care. I I sat through and watched that in, like the end of that game. I still don't believe in them. Like, come on. I just, I, I still am just not a believer in Kirk Cousins. And what's odd is he's actually playing worse this year than he has in the past. Like, Kirk has been a pretty dang good quarterback the last couple of seasons. He's not been bad this year, but his stats are way down um, from an efficiency standpoint from where they've normally been. It, 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 the Vikings offense is just crazy because of one guy, Justin Jefferson. Well, and you can't, I mean, you can't downplay the supporting cast along with JJ. You have Dalvin Cook, which, mm-hmm. okay, that's why, little side note, I'm a little biased here because I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team, but when I was watching that game, every screen play Kirk Cousins made a bad throw and they didn't connect and I'm like <laughs> dude that's like the fourth screen you've missed yeah he hasn't been playing He's great this year <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's why I don't believe in them because I have to see shit like that and I'm like you how can you not connect on a check down four times <laughs> you know what's funny about that game is between the Vikings and the Bills there's eight Super Bowl appearances and zero Super Bowl wins <laughs> Those Ouch. those two franchises, man, I, I feel for you guys. I would so much rather have the interception at the goal line and a Super Bowl than no wins and four <laughs> appearances. Yeah, at least we got 2013 to hang our hat on yeah, until we, we die. We might have the worst play in Super Bowl history attached to our name, but we also have one of the biggest blowouts in the yeah. 21st century as far as Super Bowls go. So. This is true. Um, but yeah, some more notes from the Buccaneers game. Um, what I don't know what pro fo- football focus does with their grading. Like it really doesn't make sense. But all like four of our five offensive linemen had four of the highest grades 
coming out of that game. They were all in the 70s. I'm pretty sure Damian Lewis was in the high 80s with his PFF grade. So mm-hmm. Damian Lewis has been playing well. It must not have been for our run blocking because well, the run was, blocking was not good. I was going to say, uh, I don't know what the yards before contact or what what that number is for that game, but it did seem like Kenneth Walker was doing a lot of dancing he was. in the backfield, which... I, I think part of it was he was having a tough time with that field. Mm-hmm. And like that's been said a bunch by players. Bruce Irvin had a funny tweet about it. I love that Bruce is back on the team, by the way. He's yeah, actually you see him getting fired up and getting in our defense's yeah, face. That yeah. was, that, I like to see that on the sideline because that that tells me that they know that they can win this game and mm-hmm. they're not playing up to how what their standard should be. Well, and what we talked talked about on the last podcast was he has that history of, you know, winning a Super Bowl, getting to another Super Bowl, being on an excellent Seattle team every year and winning a fuck ton of games. He has that experience that these young guys, you know, that are younger than us by several years, did they don't have that. And so I think that's invaluable veteran leadership that he brings as well as man, the guy could still move pretty good. I mean, he, he went from sitting on the couch a few weeks ago to now he's the starting edge rusher opposite, um, Nuosu, which I don't know what that says about Daryl Taylor, but I mean, it's helping our team. Right. right. And so I, I still really like, um, the defense as a whole right now. They, they just had a rough game. They could not get off the field on third down. I mean, seriously, if we get like one more third down convert or stop on that game, because the Buccaneers were 10 for 15, they had the ball for like almost 70% of the game. So our offense really didn't get that many chances. There's so many little plays here there where it's just like if that had gone better, we might be sitting at seven and three right now. Right. But alas, we are six and four. And depending on the results of this weekend's slate of games, we could be tied with the 49ers for the division lead, in which case they have the tiebreaker. But that doesn't matter till we play them again. And they have to come up to our stadium, too. On a primetime game, and it's going to be loud as hell. Jimmy G sucks. Uh, the development of Christian McCaffrey on their team is annoying as hell. I wish that didn't happen. He might be hurt by the, the time that game rolls around, though. You never know. With especially because ma- they're going to be on a short week. You know, like, let's say yeah. he, you know breaks a nail in the Sunday game, he might not be ready for Thursday. (laughs) Uh, Another NFC West development that bodes in our favor, um, Cooper Cup, likely done for the year. Really? Yep. What what was the injury, a knee? It's a high ankle sprain that's going to require surgery. So it's a really bad ankle sprain. Yeah. So we probably won't see, especially because you look at the the Rams, they're three and six. They're falling apart. Stafford has, he was injured, but I mean, he's not even playing. And while he's been playing, He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I, you know, the media has shot on Russ all year because he was such a ho- high-profile move, and that's kind of largely taken the spotlight off of how horrible Matt Stafford has been this year. Mm-hmm. He's second in the league in interceptions. He has more picks than touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. It has not been good. Well, that was my whole problem with everyone putting uh, Matt Stafford in the Hall of Fame conversation Oh, my God, that, after that the made Super my Bowl. blood boil he's, hearing that. He's never even made the Pro Bowl. yeah. Not even once. How is he going to be a Hall of Famer if he can't even make something that the fans vote you into? Yeah, and his best seasons, he's been throwing to receivers that have had Jerry Rice-esque seasons. Calvin Johnson in 2014 or 16 or whenever that was. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been earlier than that. But, you know, through to the... 
biggest physical freak of all time. I think it was the 2012 season, right? Because he was on the Madden 13 cover. Oh, yeah. That is correct. Um, But then Cooper Cup last year was an absolute revelation. He was open every single play. It was insane. And so basically Stafford was just spamming slant routes to him. Mm -hmm. But, uh... That all that aside, the the Rams just look like a mess. I mean, I feel for Bobby Wagner. He he signed on with them thinking he was going to get one more chance at a, ru- a run to the Super Bowl, and he's going to be on the couch in January. I don't. I'm not saying I'm like, like ha ha pointing at Bobby Wagner, laughing at him, but I am a little. I do get a little bit of pleasure knowing <laughs> that he thought he was going to be ring chasing, only to have a losing record and have it us look dominant compared to them yeah it's just something i did not expect like at the time when bobby signed with them i was like i'm not looking forward to that rams game he's gonna make us look really stupid i mean he was he's slow granted now he's not the same 32 not the same speed he had back in 10 years ago even five years ago yeah but um there was a drop off after 2018 with his speed for sure but he's Still, like, the best tackler in the league. He's still a top-five linebacker even now in mm-hmm. his current physical state. So Yeah, j- but it, anyway, just I just did not expect um, the narrative to be completely flipped mm. by midway through the season. It's just very surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. The, the Rams and our next upcoming opponent, the Raiders, uh, probably the Broncos too, I would say have been the most disappointing and surprising teams this year. I, yeah. The, the, the Rams, I mean, they, they just want to ring, you know, they still have Aaron Donald, still have Cooper cup, still have Matt Stafford, all these key pieces. But I think what was left out of the narrative over the off season was how many, you know, like Whitworth retired. I think they lost some linebacker, like just some, some key players that Robert Woods was really essential to their, yeah. productivity on offense and he has not been great he for hasn't the Titans. been doing anything and alan robinson hasn't do, been doing anything as his replacement i wonder how much obj meant to the that getting them over the hump i gotta think not a lot right i mean he did when they won the super bowl with with his help and he's right. one of the only other main contributors i can throw to but i think it's more of a, a vibes thing that I get from the Rams. Like I feel like the the fire is just not there. Like it's it was hard last to season. keep it when yeah. you, after you win. I mean, look at our team. We we came so close to being the first team to repeat since the twenty or two thousand one, two thousand two, or two thousand three, two thousand four Patriots. Or yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we were going to be the first team to do it since them, and hasn't here we happened. are. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are many years later, but, um, yeah. So all this to say, uh, I mean, the Cardinals are dead in the water. I don't even count them. They look like they're teetering off the cliff of Cliff Kings. <laughs> I don't even know how he still has I didn't a mean to make that a pun, but Cliff Kingsbury's career. Um, yeah, he, he shouldn't have a job. He's terrible. And Kyler Murray is just, his leadership skills are zero. Well, the new Call of Duty just came out, so he's <laughs> no longer concerned with the NFL season. That's what's so great about having Kyler Murray as our opposition. There's going to be a new Call of Duty every year, so he can't be good after <laughs> November. It's illegal. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, anyways, all this to say, w- when we're looking at the dynamic of the NFC playoff picture, basically... No one in our division outside of San Fran matters. So we're looking at the NFC East, including the commanders, and 
maybe a suddenly frisky Packers team. So fortunately, a lot of these teams play each other, like Cowboys and Giants got to play each other. The Eagles got to play both those teams. Commander, I mean, they're all in one division, so they're gonna there's going to be some attrition there. Um, but I think the biggest thing Seattle needs to do is just do not drop one of these next two games against teams we should win. Uh, mm-hmm. Raiders, we, we're on our bye week this week, but uh, the following Sunday we play the Raiders at home coming off of a bunch of rest. We should win that game. That game kind of scares me a little bit. I had us losing that game in our preseason pick'ems. So the Raiders have the like one of the worst defenses in the league, though. And I, I it's think fair. I, I think we should win too. I'm just they also have a good offense. So right, but but outside of Devonte Adams, who and Josh Jacobs, who scares you on that team? I guess nobody because they're all injured. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I mean, they're, they're, Derek Carr can sometimes play randomly really good. He's AFC Matt Stafford. Yeah. It's so. the same human, basically. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we should take care of business in that game. I be, I will be concerned for our playoff odds if we drop that game. Um, but coming up after that, we play the Rams for sure without Cooper Cup. He's already ruled out for that game. And Good. it could be John Wolford throwing to Allen Robinson against us. So the biggest thing we got to do to take care of business against the Rams in a couple of weeks is play good enough on offense for some reason russell wilson has struggled mightily against the rams his whole career um gino came in and played well against them last year so i am optimistic that our rams curse was more about wilson than it was pete carroll um because for the first couple years when sean McVay got there it seemed like we couldn't stop the rams offense but the last couple times we played the rams the defense has played good enough to win the game, and Wilson just kind of pooped his pants. I would need to, obviously, I don't, I would need to look at film and to to know this answer or my theory to be true, but I almost feel like Wilson was the reason why the Rams always had a number, because if you think about it, the Rams' defensive front dominated our offensive line every time we played Aaron them, right? Donald has sacked him like 20 times or yeah, something so like that. Yeah, so if you send kitchen sink at a five foot ten russell wilson he's not gonna have any time to throw the ball and he can't see the middle of the field in those situations nothing is proving that more and he was amazing enough in other ways to hide it his whole time here in seattle besides you know some games in the last couple of seasons but watching him in denver with a really bad o-line and with way slower athleticism and some obvious injuries he just looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's like it actually at this point, because I'm confident Denver is going to be like bottom seven or eight team. Um, it's kind of just like shocking to watch them on offense, like just mm-hmm. how bad it is. They have the number one scoring defense in the league. And they're three and six. Well, their points per game before the game against Tennessee, where they scored 10. Mm hmm. It was 15.1. Yeah. So it just went down from that. Our lowest. I don't know how that's possible. Our second lowest point total this season um, was this last weekend, only getting 16 against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. That matches the Broncos' season high. So think about it. Our, our worst offensive output with Geno at the helm since week two is 
their best performance since week one. <laughs> well, yeah. How many times have they scored 16 points this year? It seems twice. like they've done it. Really? Only yeah, twice? they did it against us, and they did it against the... Texans. Yes. Yeah. And, but, or no, it might not even have been the Texans. It might have been when they played the Raiders, because I think... I'm going to look it up, because I'm curious now. I, I might be... I, I think they scored a decent amount of points against the Raiders, but they still lost. They lost by, like, nine. Um, But the point being, just... The way that trade has worked out and the way the season is working out, it's the only team that you can look at in the NFL right now and say they're set up for more success in 2023. It's probably the Eagles because they have the Saints number one overall pick. How did they get that? I know um, they had to like, I know it was from last year, this past draft. Yeah, I don't remember. It. I can't remember the details of that trade that too many of them happened in this off season for me to keep track of beyond the Seahawks. The Broncos have scored 16 points three times. Oh, it's three times. They scored 16 against us. Then the next week against the Texans and then against the chargers, they lost 19 to 16. What did they score against the Raiders? Uh, 23. That was their highest scoring game. Oh, okay. That's so, their never mind. only I guess... game high of scoring more point, no, more than 20 points. That's insane. Or no, 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 no. They scored 21 against Jacksonville. Sorry. That's actually Two insane games. because, you know, for several years in the Wilson era, we had a, like, top five, top ten point scoring offense. And Even going back to the, like, early Wilson well, years. And remember throughout Wilson's, like, the first, like, five years of his career, we had never lost a game by more than a score? Yeah. That yeah. was a crazy stat. That didn't end until uh, 2017 when we played the Rams, and they fucked I us up. I remember that. Weren't you at that game? No. I was at a different Rams game where we got our ass kicked. Okay. I remember, though, that game, it was an embarrassment. Didn't yeah. we lose, like, 40-something to It was, like, like 42 12? to 7. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. um, anyways... Uh, it's it's just been a fascinating, bizarre, weird NFL season, and and I'm all for it. Um, but I gotta get going here and sign off on this episode. But uh, we got the bye week coming up. Um, we'll probably hit you back next week with just a overview of everything else that happened in the NFL. Yep. Uh, and quick shout out to our boy Julio won American League Silver Slugger and Rookie of the Year. That's right. Didn't he almost get a unanimous Rookie of the Year, too? Like, it was Yeah, like I think he had 29 votes out of 30 or something mm. like that. I don't know. I Those numbers might be wrong, but I feel like I heard that yeah. today. I, I think I saw that, too. Yeah. But anyways, thanks again for checking in to the JR Takes podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks for listening.